And of course we know that story well, that after the children of Israel went out from Egypt, uh, you know, they went to spy out the land, and Caleb and Joshua were the only ones that brought back a good report. They were allowed to enter into the promised land, uh, the rest of those above 20 years of age were not. And so in chapter 3 of Hebrews, uh, the author uses that as an analogy for our lives today. And the parallel to us today is that we can also fail to fully grasp and enjoy the blessings promised to us now and in the future millennial kingdom. This happens when we begin to doubt the word of God and lose sight of the eternal realities and focus on temporal circumstances. That's essentially what happened to the children of Israel after the Exodus. They focused on you know, the, the giants in the land, the, the troubles that were before them, and they lost sight of the eternal realities that God had promised them. And what happens is that this, this attitude of the heart leads to habitual sin, and uh, our heart becomes hardened. I saw that in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, those Israelites after the Exodus, uh, they had hard hearts, didn't they? We can certainly see that when we look at that story of what happened after the Exodus. They whined, they complained about almost everything. They doubted God, uh, they lived a life of misery. Right at the doorstep of the land of Canaan, they were camped around uh, Kadesh Barnea in the middle of the desert. We saw that in the last lesson. Uh, They were camped right there. Um, but they didn't enter in. And they stayed there for about 40 years. That's a long time. A Christian can end up in the same way, living in constant sin with a stubborn, hard heart, missing out on the joy of fellowship with the Lord. And this concept that we see here in Hebrews, uh, in, we learn from the Old Testament, it's actually all throughout the Bible. Um, We see glimpses of this uh, repeated warning to us. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 17 is a good example. Uh, It says, uh, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, just like the Israelites did. They trusted in themselves. And maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land and not inhabited. I think uh, Jeremiah was uh, thinking of the Israelites at Kadesh Barnea when he wrote those words. The, the parallel is striking. The same thing can happen to us. Uh, ours is not a physical desert like the Negev desert and the wilderness of Zin, but ours can be a spiritual desert, a dryness of the soul. We thirst for something which the dry wells of the world cannot quench. Worse still, we stand to miss out on eternal blessings. Our life may amount to wood, hay and stubble and be burned up at the beamer seat of Christ. Uh, We might be ashamed at the coming of Christ, ashamed because we are not found faithful. Uh, we're, We're not found faithful servants of the Lord and when he returns, we're ashamed. That can happen. And and that's what these warnings are all about. I think as Christians, we go through these dry times, don't we? 
Perhaps that's your experience this morning. And then what happens is we, we recognise that there's something wrong in our hearts, but we still keep trying to satisfy the spiritual need with something else. And so we're caught in that cycle. We're, we, we're like the children of Israel, walking around in circles, doing the same thing over and over again, but never really getting anywhere. Anyway, that's a, that's a quick review of that last lesson that we had um, in Hebrews chapter 3. Moving on to Hebrews 4. And the first point I've got here is the fear of God. We generally think of fear as a bad thing, don't we? Fear can make us do bad things or it can cloud our decision making. Now this uh, coronavirus pandemic that we are experiencing is a uh, good example of this. I was talking with a brother this morning about this very thing this, uh, while we were having a cuppa. The fear of this virus shutting down society has caused mass hysteria in our country, causing people to buy toilet paper, of all things. I'm sure you've seen the news. Uh, You might have even seen a viral video of some very unfortunate things happening in a supermarket, uh, I think yesterday or the day before. This is a fascinating glimpse into human nature. Watching this unfold in real time is a great reminder to us that fear causes irrational behaviour. In this case, that having enough toilet paper to last a year is somehow a security blanket for some people. Again, I, I don't understand how this works, but that's what's happening. I say this because the fourth chapter of Hebrews begins with the word, let us therefore fear. While irrational fears cause us to do silly things, this fear that's been talked about is entirely based on the truth. So let's, uh, let's get into Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. It begins with the third warning given to the Hebrew Christians. The writer includes himself. He says, let us therefore fear. A reminder that this warning is given to, to Christians, to believers who have received Christ. He's not warning those who are not saved, uh, who are just appear to be Christians, but he's warning Christians who are struggling in their faith. And so this warning is relevant to all of us, because at some point we will all struggle with our walk with Christ. There are basically two kinds of fear mentioned in the Bible. A, a good fear, which we should have, and a bad fear, which we should avoid. Uh, we read in Second Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A great, great verse, and I think we all are aware of that. God has not given us this spirit of fear. Well, so what's it talking about then? The Greek word translated fear is different to the word that we find here in Hebrews and in other places. In 2 Timothy 1.7, that word fear is talking about uh, cowardice. To have this cowardly fear, God hasn't given us this spirit of cowardice. By definition, cowardice is a trait wherein excessive fear prevents an individual from taking a risk or facing danger. It is the opposite of courage. As a label, cowardice indicates a failure of character in the face 
of a challenge. That's the dictionary definition there. And really this applies to what we're talking about as well. Uh, Because as we have just seen in, in, in the previous chapter, the Israelites showed cowardice in their collective failure to enter the promised land, didn't they? They were scared. They were scared of the giants and the walled cities and of the challenge that they faced in conquering the promised land. They were scared. They were cowardly. That's why they didn't want to go in. Not that they had a really great reason. Um, God had promised them the victory. But they were just scared. Um, We've seen in Numbers 14 verse 9, uh, Joshua and Caleb are talking to the people of Israel after they've given their report. They say, uh, only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defence is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Saying, don't be cowards. Okay? God is with us. We, we can overcome those people. Joshua and Caleb did not fear the inhabitants of Canaan and the cities in which they lived. They knew that God was with them and had commanded them to enter the land and to conquer those cities. Yet the vast majority of the Israelites gave in to an irrational fear, just like those people buying toilet paper. They let fear, cowardly fear, affect their decision-making. They feared God less than they feared man. And we're so often like that, aren't we? We're so often like... The Israelites. We're afraid of what people will think of us, aren't we? If we're really honest with ourselves. We are in McDonald's with the family, and the pang of fear strikes us when we give thanks for our food. What will they think of us? Tomorrow at work, a colleague asks what we did on the weekend. Will we say to them, Well, we went to church on Sunday? Or will that cowardly fear overtake us? These are the kinds of situations um, that remind us that the fear of man is the opposite of what we see here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. And this fear of man is something that we need to be aware of. Okay. We're not given this spirit of cowardliness, of, of cowardly fear. But we're to fear God instead. We are to fear the consequences of unbelief. And that's what Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1 is saying. Let us therefore fear the consequences of our own unbelief rather than fear man. Now this this doctrine of the fear of God is not a popular doctrine today in our churches. People don't want to hear about it, but the Bible has a lot to say about it. In Romans chapter 3, we read um, about this. Please turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. And we'll read from verse uh, 10. Romans chapter 3, and verse 10 says, As it is written... There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. 
Their throat is an open sepulchre. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. We can see here that uh, the unbeliever is characterised by an absence of the fear of God. And so as Christians, as believers, it is important that we understand what the fear of the Lord is. It's extremely important for us to have a proper respect, a proper awe, proper admiration and perspective of who God is. In some ways, it's similar to the fear and respect that children ought to have for their father. That's why I think uh, the Bible uses that term for God, he's our father. Only when we use it for God, it's magnified infinitely. Without a proper fear of God, it is impossible to live the Christian life effectively. Without it, we cannot even begin to have wisdom according to the Bible. Psalm 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's something that's repeated in the Bible time and time again. We also see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Without a proper fear of, of the Lord, we cannot live our Christian life. So it's important for us to meditate upon this and to ask ourselves that question. Do, do we fear the Lord as we ought to? Or are we like the Israelites who, who feared man, who feared what what man would do to them rather than, uh, than what God commanded. So we'll move on to the next point, uh, faith and the word. The promise spoken of in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1 uh, is of completely apprehending the victory that we have in Christ. It says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest any of you should seem to come short of it. What's this promise? Well, we're promised victory in the Lord Jesus Christ, aren't we? And, uh, and as Christians, we can, uh, we, can, we can lose sight of that promise. The analogy in the previous chapter was of Israel entering the promised land, conquering the cities and enjoying the peace and rest that God had promised to them. It was a whole package that was given to them. Okay, the, when, when Israel came out of Egypt, God didn't just say, okay, you're going to just exit Egypt and then I'm going to leave you to yourself. Just, you're just going to walk around and figure it out. No. God told them, you're going to walk out of Egypt and you're going to go to the promised land, you're going to conquer the land and you're going to live there in rest, peace, prosperity in that kingdom. There's a whole package so too for us, salvation is a complete package. We are saved by grace through faith, freed from slavery to sin and free to serve God. We are promised the victory in our Christian life, which does not mean that life is easy, but that God will help us to overcome. We are promised spiritual blessings now and in the future. The only prerequisite is faith. We must grab hold of the promises of God and go forward. 
And we do this by being doers of the word and not hearers only. This is essentially what Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2 means. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, talking about the children of Israel, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. We have heard the gospel preached, just like the Israelites were promised that victory and rest in the land. It was good news for them. However, most of those who heard this good news did not fully apprehend it. That's the, 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 the lesson for us. It says, the word preached did not profit them. It was of no use to them. And it will be of no use to us as well if we do not put it into practice. We can come to church every time that it's on. We can listen to the word. We can read it every day. But if there's no application of that word in our life, it is of no use to us. does not profit us. We must have a positive attitude to the word, to be willing to obey it. To listen to God's word, whether on Sunday or any other day, and have a mindset to obey it. Otherwise, we'll just be like the Israelites who heard the good news, but it was useless to them since that word was not mixed with faith in their hearts. They heard the same promise that Joshua and Caleb heard. It's not like Joshua and Caleb had had their own special message. And the rest of them had a different one. No, they all had the same, same promise. But most of them continued to doubt God. They did not exercise their faith in God's word. The same thing can happen with us. We, we have to let the word of God change us. We have to have a heart that is, that is positive to the word of God. And so we come to the third point, entering into his rest. The failure to apprehend the word of God, to put it into practice, was the reason the Israelites remained at Kadesh Barnea for 40 years. As we saw last time, they were camped in the vicinity of Kadesh Barnea, which is uh, an oasis in the Negev Desert. We saw those pictures last time, didn't we? I don't know if uh, you remember that, but um, that... That land, that, that place where they were camped at Kadesh Barnea, it was just a, it just had enough water. It was just a little oasis in the desert. They, 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 they could survive there. They had water for themselves and for probably to keep their, a few sheep alive. But it was a pretty barren place. And that was so close. If you look at the map of, of that land, it's within a day's journey. It's so close to the land of Canaan. But there they wandered aimlessly for 40 years. And so they lived this uh, miserable and meaningless existence in the wilderness until they died. And all because they feared man more than they feared God. Their fear of man led them to make irrational choices and they suffered the loss of so many blessings that God had promised them. You know, they they were promised a land, you know, flowing with milk and honey. Um, A land of peace and rest and prosperity. And instead they chose to live in the wilderness for 40 years because of their unbelief. And that's a warning to us today. Perhaps you find yourself in this situation. You feel like you are going around in circles, not making any progress. This word is for you. 
we need to listen to this warning given to us in Hebrews chapter 4. By taking hold of the word of God by faith, we can enter into the rest promised to us. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3 says, For we which have believed do enter into his rest. It's by faith. We have to do it by faith, by believing God. When we believe that God is all-powerful, that he is greater than anything that the world throws at us, then we begin to believe. This gives us great confidence in dealing with the difficulties of life. You know, we, we've seen uh, previously when we are looking at chapter 3 that this promise of rest, it's actually a very rich and deep doctrine. Um, it's not just talking about a feeling or an emotion. Uh, there's there's uh, eschatological um, consequences of that. You know, it goes on into the future. But there are certainly things that we can apply to our lives today as well. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning. You know, when we try to live our lives by ourselves, trusting in our own weak flesh, we will certainly fail. I know that's, uh, that's certainly my experience and, uh, and I'm sure we've all gone through that. What happens is that we become worn out. We become bitter. Our souls are cast down. Uh, meditating upon this and uh, it's, uh, this, uh, this result is often called uh, burnout. I don't know if you've, called, you've uh, heard of that term. People talk about being burned out, even, even young people. I saw a news story where, um, and not to pick on the millennials here, but it seems to be that they are prone to burnout. Um, even young people, people that you would think have energy and drive and motivation, but they don't have the Lord, or they're trusting in their own self. Is this you today? Do you feel like you are worn out or burning out? Does your soul cry out for help? Then you need to come back to the Word of God. You need to listen to what God has to say in His Word to you this morning. Please turn to Hebrew, uh, sorry, to Isaiah chapter forty. We'll close with this uh, this passage because I think this sums it up very well. It's a very well known. Um, chapter in the Bible, Isaiah chapter 40. This really spoke to me this week as I was doing some study. Because I think it sums up all of what we've been talking about this morning. Isaiah chapter 40, uh, from verse 28. says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, Fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail, utterly fall, sorry. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Thou shalt run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Brethren, that's a, that's a wonderful promise, isn't it? And uh, to someone here that, uh, that is struggling, and you know we all struggle it from time to time, then that word is for you. 
I trust that the Lord will bless it to your heart. Let's pray.